Well, welcome to the second In Basin Observations podcast of 2022. Uh, this is the Daniel Energy Partners team. We've got John Daniel with me here today, Sean Mitchell, and I'm Bill Austin. And we're really excited to bring, again, our second one of the year. We've been kind of busy with a bunch of other things, but we're really excited to uh, to talk a little bit about the oil field and about what we've been up to. John, anything you want to talk, start talking about, or are you just happy to be here? Happy to be here. Yeah, now we had uh, originally had a vision of doing podcasts more frequently, but like you said, we got busy, and now we're going to get caught up and hope to do this on a more frequent basis. But, uh, you know, just got back from Europe right? as yeah. a team. We'll talk about that in a minute. And we've just been in meetings all day today, planning an event in two weeks. So, uh it's good stuff. It's yeah. keeping us busy. And so, I don't know, kick it off, Sean. Yeah, yeah. maybe. I mean, what I would say is, like, I think in the, this this is a good time to kind of kick off about, you know, the Glen Eagles event we just got back from, the whole team. Uh, it was a fantastic event. And maybe just to provide a little history around Glen Eagles and the Scotland event and why Daniel Energy Partners would even be there. Right. So when John and I were at Simmons, we, we used to host a, an event at the Glen Eagles Hotel in Scotland, and it was a well-received event it was always an intimate gathering of kind of the what i would call leaders in the industry and the, some of the smartest investors on wall street um and john and i decided when the the piper team decided they didn't want to do the event anymore we decided this was a great event that we really enjoyed doing and we knew the companies enjoyed it and the investors enjoyed it so we decided to sign a contract with the hotel and, and uh, Piper came back and was a key sponsor. Yeah, and then right. and then our so. friends at Piper really ended up coming back on the banking side and, and sponsoring the event with us. And then, you know, it, the guys from uh, uh, Merit Advisors, David DeRode, and David DeRode, and, and Prang and Associates yep, yep. also kind of stepped in this year to help kind of sponsor the event. But th- look, the history of that event is Matt Simmons started this thing a long time ago in the early '80s and. He would rent out a castle and have some of the brighter minds in the industry. Your dad yep. may even been there one year, Bill. But it, at the end of the day, it was really just to get people to come talk about what issues the industry was facing and, you know, have a couple of glasses of scotch and really just kind of enjoy the camaraderie. And we're kind of keeping with that tradition. I think, you know, we would really focused on just having a good time with folks and providing great content, but also making sure that it wasn't like meeting after meeting, you know, back-to-back meetings for the management teams and or the investors, because I think that can be cumbersome. And there's lots of other venues to do that stuff, like at Barclays this week. I was just in New York and lots of guys doing lots of meetings back-to-back all day long. And I think what we found is that's not really our style, but at the end of the day, I thought it was a great event. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like like a lot of things in Daniel Energy Partners, we know, John saw a vision like early on, you know, when people were kind of dropping off and not doing events or not being in person, we kind of said, you know what, we need to keep this going. And Glen Eagles was a great, another great example of that along with the barbecue and and Thrive of us kind of saying, hey, we really need to get these intimate level groups together again, talking about things that matter to the industry and hopefully having good, fulsome conversations about it. And in a setting that not a lot of people get to go to. No, that, that's right. It's, uh, you know, and I know we're going to get into in a moment all of the discussion, the takeaways from the conference, because there's a lot of good good nuggets that came out at uh, Glen Eagles as well as, frankly, there's some stuff this week at Barclays. But, you know, you you want to have different events for different people, if you will. Yep. And so uh, there's a value in having some of the smaller events, which is what the Glen Eagles was and, uh, and what Telluride 
which we do in June. Um, and then you have the you know rich content uh, events such as Thrive, which we'll do. We've got Ben and Maid Park rented again. We'll do that February twenty second, twenty third. Uh, we've already got you know a fantastic lineup of speakers already committed. We've got CEOs of Diamondback and Philip sixty six, and uh, yeah. the list goes on. Uh, we put something out. We'll have an agenda here shortly, and then uh, and then we've got our our NASCAR event, which is the barbecue, uh, which you know we think we'll have three to four thousand people there. Yeah. That's in two weeks. Uh, so pretty busy on that. Yeah, that might have been what kept us busy from doing podcasts. No, it, it is, and it's like that. it's time consuming. And then, and, and then, as as many people know, what we're doing next year is we're going to rotate. Uh, at least we're still trying to figure it out. To full disclosure, but we definitely are are moving to Pebble Beach for 2023 instead of Scotland. Instead of Scotland, right? We'll go to London for a smaller event, the London Energy Day, in um, pub crawl. Try to re- bring that back. But uh, the whole point is get investors companies together uh networking opportunities let people learn about what's going on and i think doing an event in europe was also timely yeah uh because it's a train wreck over there right now with respect to energy and uh and and we were able to get some good european investors to come here what's you know what u.s companies are doing in terms of developing and and their growth opportunities uh trying to meet the need unleash lng right absolutely yeah absolutely because i I think yeah, we kind of hit on a little bit about what Glen Eagles is all about, what we've what we've seen in the past, but really what we why we wanted to have this podcast today is to kind of take that content and talk about it a little yeah. bit to everybody else out there and and what two better people to talk about it than, you know, kind of two of the people that were on most of the panels or at least moderating a bunch of the panels right. and yeah. and you two and I thought, "Hey, let's take our three takeaways from John and Sean, yeah. we can take turns on what you guys think, you know, the three most important things were, but like, what were the three takeaways? We're talking about Europe, we're talking about oil field services, we're talking about a little bit of everything, but there's a lot out there in the energy world and, and a lot of things that we need to talk about. Yeah, so. well, do you want to kick it off, Sean? Or? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can start. I think uh, first and foremost, what I would say my biggest takeaway is how big of a, you know, dumpster fires going on in Europe right now with energy. I mean, yep. these guys were leading the charge. They were the tip of the spear on ESG and friendly emission, Paris Climate Accord, you name it, five years ago. Today, it feels like it is really changing there. The narrative is very different. I think they're more the tip of the spear on energy security and reliable and affordable energy. I was talking to one executive at the bar that lives in Europe and he said his electric bill last month was $3,500. Like, mm-hmm. he probably could make that payment. It's not going to hurt him. But, like, that's real. Yeah. I mean, for people that are that are working, um, you know, a normal job, it's not sustainable. And I think what the, the difference is, is a year ago when John and I called investors in Europe in January of 21 or so and said, hey, we've restarted. We're doing traditional energy. We're not doing renewables. But we're going to stick to our knitting. They were like, well, there's no reason to really talk to us because we don't do it anymore. And it, boy, it's, it's changed a ton. So my biggest takeaway is just the situation in Europe has really changed. I think it's shedding light on a bigger global energy crisis and, and, and situation that people are starting to pay more attention to. So that's number one. Number two, I would say, look, I had the pleasure and you know of getting to interview and do a fireside chat with Clay Gaspar from Devon. It was a fantastic chat, but what I what I took from that chat and hearing the other fireside chat with Conoco was these guys are sticking to their guns. They're not 
gonna break the discipline. Like they're gonna continue the cash return to shareholder model. Right. And I think as as we talk to a lot of investors in Europe, I mean, people are starting to kind of believe that these guys are truly changing the business model. Like you, you do this for a couple of quarters, it doesn't necessarily translate into changing someone's mind. But I think when you start to look at it and say, okay, this is sustainable, these guys can do this for a couple of years. I think it's really starting to change uh, some investors' minds about how they think about energy companies um, in general from an investment standpoint. So that would be my second one. And then I think the third one for me would just be, you know, while we might see a pause in activity as we go into the back half of this year, I don't want to get into the like the nuances of oh, God, what's going to happen to the quarter per se, but it does feel like there's a little bit of a pause going on in terms of the activity maybe in the fourth quarter, whether it be privates and or publics. But what I would say is I don't feel like the service providers that were there were worried about that at all. They seemed very content that like even if rig count stays flat from here, pricing still seems to be getting traction. Mm -hmm. You saw Patterson announce this mm -hmm. week at Barcap, they got a three-year contract on five rigs at a pretty, it seems like a pretty reasonable or better than reasonable rate. So I think when you think about those things, it's like the industry is still in a really good place, I right. think, from a um, from a supply demand standpoint. I think things are pretty tight still for uh, service companies. And I think pricing, even if activity kind of stays flat here into the back half of the year, it seems like pricing is still holding up for those guys and even going higher in some in some product line. Mm -hmm. So those were kind of my big three, but I mean, we've got, there's plenty more to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I think from my standpoint, it was, uh, I, I felt that there was a big difference of opinion as it relates to outlook for activity from the EMP companies in attendance mm -hmm. versus what the service companies right. were seeing yeah. behind the scenes. And so multiple EMP companies, you know, sort of cited their rig count and activity accounts right now and essentially flat. We had one, EMP that was going to drop two is going to yep. drop two rigs right. purportedly. Uh, another one had dropped two rigs, but is probably going to pick them back up. So, but net net is call it flat. And then at the, the on the other side, you have a lot of the oil service companies, and frankly, a lot of people who sit in our seat, the ones who try to you know prophecy on where the market's going, and we're sitting here talking about well, we think the rig count's going to go up another hundred ish rigs. Right, right. And you know we've all kind of talked ourselves into believing that. And I actually still think it probably happens, but the commentary from the EMP companies that were in Scotland would suggest that we're wrong, frankly. Yeah. No, and I so agree. there's a I disconnect. Mean, there, there's a disconnect. And then the other thing is now they all alluded to the fact that service costs are still going up. Uh, sometimes I think you have to be careful in terms of when someone's pricing agreements reset. Right. So is leading edge still going up or is it just the resetting of, of pricing? Right. I, I think the there is uh and, and, and we tend to lean oil service at DEP. Uh, we root for everybody to win. Um, but you, when you look at what's happened to oil price and you look at the forward curve, right? at some point, the service company, you, you wonder when do you have to take your foot off the throttle and the accelerator on price increases, right? From the services. From side. the I mean, service companies. Because even since, look, look, we're, we're taping this, you know, the middle of the week after. So it's what, it, today is September right. 9th oil has changed you know the the pricing of you know spot pricing on oil has gone down at least ten dollars like since we since we were speaking in scotland which right is 
It's a big so, move. So I just think that's and and like I had someone at the at the conference come up to me. And I won't say what product line or anything like that, but he he basically said, "Look, you know, we are seeing our spot pricing now fall below dedicated very recently, mm-hmm. and you know, belief is that it's probably a combination of a little bit of slow on certain customers." Uh, and also some increased competitive tensions, and yep. we and we are seeing new companies emerge, uh, uh, some with new equipment, most buying used equipment, but but it's another bidder. Maybe so. John, I'm gonna kind of jump in and ask a yeah. question of you because as I think about the cycle and I think about you know maybe it's a slowdown in activity. Talk to us and the audience out there, just like as you get to the end of, y- of a year, you've you've worked for service company before. Mm-hmm. How does budget exhaustion? play out you know that is is that kind of the normal you know what are your takes did did you get any guys that was like you know part of this is probably budget exhaustion versus guys just saying oh the commodity is not you know the economics don't make sense to continue doing this everything depends on each person i mean for instance the gentleman that's going to drop rigs his comment was he's dropping them because he can do more with less right right become that much more efficient yeah and so he exactly it's an efficiency thing uh the but normally you would see slowdown as you get into Thanksgiving into Christmas. That's that's normal, par for the course. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that a couple months ago, the feedback I was getting from all of my service friends was that, hey, we're busy. Q4 could actually be better than Q3 in terms of overall activity. Right. I mean, overall, the rig count will be up Q4 versus Q3 overall on an average. Right. Right. Um, but uh, but but again, from, straight from the horse's lips, if you will, that came from a service company said, "I've seen a slight slowdown in, you know, work and pricing." That's but that's a one company, so right, it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't want to you know freak out and say, "Oh my God, it's it's the end of the world." It, right. We have a very strong natural gas price. We still have yes. a very strong oil price. Uh, are there concerns about where the economy goes? Yeah, but you have a lot of smart macro guys, which I am not. Right. I don't think any of us. None yeah, of us. This are. is yeah. not the. This is yeah, not, not the right table. We are not. We are not oil guys or gals. But I listened to Jeff Curry the other day on CNBC. I think he was still calling for like a 125 price target. Jan Stewart from Piper presented at, at our the, event. Wicked yeah. smart guy. Very b- laid out a great thesis, which I don't have all the data points in front of you, but like how why he sees oil. I think it was a 130. Yeah, well, he's 130. He, yeah, he's 130. Um, so you've got some pretty smart folks out there, but uh, the, the other thing we heard from the investors, and I think this is really important, is they. I, my sense is they don't want to see the EMP companies chase with more activity. No, right. and and we heard that it was conveyed in Telluride by uh, investor, smart investors. Yep. It was reiterated at Glen Eagles. And, and I'll tell you, as I a public company, you got to listen to your shareholders. I agree. Right? And I, look, I'll, I was in New York yesterday meeting yep. with several large long only investors that were not in Scotland and just kind of giving them a recap of Scotland and they're saying the same thing they're not surprised to hear you say that the EMPs are kind of keeping to the discipline and return of cash to shareholder model because we don't want them to spend yep. and and we're we're very vocal when we sit down with management teams that you need to stay the course here and so I don't I think I think it is important, and, yeah. and the shareholders, you know, their their voice does matter. This is part of the reason I think we're in the situation we're in, right? And and and, and it's getting better. Well, and and you know, this was another theme in there, or at least a comment that we we hear a lot at DEP. But it, you know, this time is different. Is this time different? And a lot of people, you know, in a in an environment like this, in previous cycles, 
you know the the EMP guys would would have been hitting the the gas pedal, right? Mm -hmm, for sure. That is not been conveyed by the buy side or by the actual companies right well and i think another thing to to really think about and as i thought about our the panel discussions the fireside chats yep. we had some really good emp content there even though we're, we say we're service guys there are a lot of really good emp uh, companies there and as i listened to all of them talk what i realized as well for the service companies which i think is great is reinvestment rates for a lot of these larger companies is really below 30%, right? The reinvestment rate of the cash flow, yep. right? So reinvestment rates yeah. of their cash flow back into CapEx for the for, for an annualized basis is, is in some cases it's below 30, but this is a far stretch from where we've been historically burning 100 to 115% of cash right. flow right. In, the, in the go go days, right? So to be that low to me says, okay, there's actually some room here. Mm -hmm. This pricing that has kind of come up can continue to rise in this. I mean, even with commodity prices coming down $10 to yep. your point, Bill, I still think there's room. So, I mean, maybe reinvestment rates have gone up from 25 to 35% with this yeah. with this price decline. But my point is, is there's still room. There's still room for them to pay their fixed dividend, their variable dividend, right. their debt pay down, their share buyback, all I'm saying is, is, is there's probably more wiggle in the in the model than I realized. And right. after sitting and listening to a lot of these guys, it gives me a little more comfort that maybe even without massive increases in activity, the, the service guys could continue to see some pricing improvement or stay stable from right. here. Right. Well, and and just like John, you know, well, we we call ourselves service guys, but you know, just like John said, we want everyone to win. And, yeah, yeah. and in a hopefully healthy environment, they they both can. But I think, you know, we, while we were over in, in Europe, they, they closed the deal, Permian Resources, the combined Colgate CDEV. Yep. And, you know, sort of sort of reiterates the, the point of this discipline. They, you know, they stated in their you know, announcement they're running eight rigs, dropping to seven yep. here. They're going to start the year in 23 at, tw at seven rigs, and they might lower it because of drilling efficiencies. So... And I think their exact numbers I have written down here, their Q4 CapEx is going to be between 300, 325 million bucks. So just times four annualizing it, that's a $1.2, $1.3 billion budget on an annualized basis. And they're guiding their 23 budget at 1.1 to 1.3. Hmm. So flat. Flattish. To down slightly potentially from the current run rate. We'll right. see. Um, so I think that's just another example of this this discipline and and I and, and so the question was asked to some of the people like okay if all of these sort of leading independents and some of the privates are disciplined because that's who we largely had at our event who's adding the hundred rigs yeah right? right and I think you know the comment that was made by one of the panelists was well you know mo the large integrated that's probably who is the that was the speculation we'll see yeah it, and I think Patterson's deal was with a larger company. I yeah, don't, we don't know. We don't know, but like I, I, I I'm, I'm guessing right. yeah. was with one of the larger uh, providers or consumers of rigs and ha have the balance sheet and the capacity to commit to a longer term deal and provide yeah. Patterson with the capital to upgrade those rigs. Yeah. Right. So, but I, I th that could be true. I think. I think the the other thing that that came up in several conversations, not necessarily on panels, but I think a lot of times it was coming up maybe at the bar or at dinner at our dinner table conversation yep. was global recession. Just yeah. like what yes. does that do to oil demand? You know, Jan 
from Piper, his 130, like he, he has a stronger opinion that, you know, global demand destruction doesn't necessarily happen that quickly right. for gasoline and diesel and, and whatnot. Look, we're not that, I'm not that smart on, on oil macro, but those discussions did come up and what, you know, my, I've always said this, like, I can't control whether we go into recession or right. not. But what I can tell you is, is, you know, it, there are certain parts of the energy spectrum that people are going to continue to burn they're they're going to turn the lights on they're going to continue to drive maybe they drive a little less but at the end of the day uh energy consumption still happens even when you go into recession so you know it's not it's really not our our wheelhouse but it was something that was talked about i think it is definitely top of mind for some folks you read the paper and you can get nervous pretty quickly about you know some some of the data points out there would point you to china's not coming back nearly as fast as people think it is you know, uh, and so that's that can be concerning. Time will tell, but I think it. And you know, I, I had to give a speech a couple of weeks ago, and uh, to the Coil Tubing Association. And normally, I'm the a glass half empty guy, and uh, I'm actually <laughs> glass half full. So, notwithstanding the, the, the <laughs> you know the the global recessionary concerns, I feel pretty good about where the lower 48 you know activity is and headed. Yep. Right. And uh, and I think you know the whole that whole concept of energy security. No one was talking about energy security a year to two years ago. No. Nope. Everybody over there is talking about energy security. Uh, and so I know it's it was it was interesting to to yeah. read the local newspapers and see how the, the mood has changed. Well, and and, it, and it's funny because as I was checking out of the hotel, right, we just spent a lot of money at this hotel, and uh, and your your wife was next to me at the time. We got a t- sort of a tongue lashing from the hotel staff about being a power. Like, why are you doing a power conference? I was like, well, we're not a power company, <laughs> um, but you know, well, I, I got, I got yeah, gas I got, does help you provide power sometimes. Yeah, we we were we were I was sort of gently lectured about being an energy company, you know, and I wanted to say, well, I'll I'll bite my tongue since this is going out to the public. But it was uh, <laughs> just a bit surprising. But the tension about the utilities and the impact of the consumers over there is super big deal. It is right. a big deal, and uh, and 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 you can't you can't ignore it. So well, and I think we've been and they just if they just allow they're apparently they're now going to allow fracking again in the UK. I, I saw that. I, I, saw I didn't that. have a chance to go through the article in depth, but that was they were banned, and now you can see the implication of lack of energy Look, is changing it, behavior. I think when you were there in March, John, and you came back yeah. and you said, hey, the interest has changed. I, I think you told me on the front page of the London Times, Prime Minister Bor- Johnson. Boris Johnson yep. at the time said, we need to start drilling in the North Sea again. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it is definitely a sea change and a very different mentality today than it was certainly when we started calling these folks in January 21 to see if they wanted to sign up and uh, weren't getting much reception and now they're 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 really really way more interested in the space today and a lot of that is probably due to the situation they're in right and look I mean that 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 bodes well it's I don't want to say it bodes well but it, it 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 gives us a healthy environment here in the in the US lower 48 to continue with activity it might mean some different things in Europe, and and they're going to have to continue to change their mindset on supply right. of the of the commodity into their into their you know world. Well, right. and hopefully, Bill, what it does more importantly, I think for us in the U.S. is it maybe resonates with some people in Washington Correct. about hey, that's probably not the right path mm-hmm. to go down. And good, I'm not saying we shouldn't produce oil and gas cleaner and try to do it better. Yeah. We, we are not. Right, saying that ever here at Daniel Energy Partners, but what I think it does do is it says, "Hey, maybe you 
you got to be careful about how you go down this path of transition, right. right? And and I think, you know, you take a couple of bad steps and you end up where Europe is, and this country would would yeah. be up in arms. That would be right. bad. It would be bad. Anyway, we're coming up we're, on our 30 minutes. Yeah, no, and I, and I don't want to end yeah. on, a, on a negative yeah. note, right? We're, we're, yeah. we're really excited about our event. Um, we're really excited about all the other things that are going on at Daniel Energy Partners. So I'm going to let John give us some dates, too, to plug, you know, kind of what we're doing and how, you know, we, we uh, how we're going to stay busy over the next, the last quarter. Well, and I want him to hit, too, because we just talked about Scotland, what we have in store yeah. next year just instead walk. of Scotland. Yeah. Yeah, so walk there. So we've got, uh, you know, like I said, uh, the the NASCAR event, our barbecue, is in two weeks. Uh, yep. At September 29th, it's in Midland. Um, I think we've got just over 70 companies cooking. Uh, it's be pretty pretty big event, and it's it is invite only. There's no individual ticket sales. Uh, it's just how we operate. But um, if you're not, if, you know, reach out to someone who's cooking if you need a ticket because that's the only way you're yeah. you're probably your or, or a sponsor or your operators. Right. Um, locally, we'll do some things here in Houston. We've got a golf outing coming up on the 21st of October. Uh, we'll do we do that up at Kingwood Country Club. We've got we'll, we're going to be hosting a reception in Midland in November. Uh, November, that's on November 9th. Uh, we're taking people to Dallas Stars Toronto Maple Leafs game. We've got a suite reserved up in Dallas in, in December. And then some of the bigger events uh, next year. Wait, before you go. Yeah. December 8th, Christmas party. Yeah, yep. we do our Christmas party uh, at Sean's house. Don't give them the uh, I'm not going to give the address yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, uh, yeah. But the, and then for next year, we've got the Thrive Energy Conference. That's at Minute Maid Park. That's February 22nd and 23rd. Uh, we'll start putting out some more details on that post barbecue. We got to get through the barbecue first. We will continue to do the Telluride event. Uh, that's June 27th, 29th. Uh, that's at the Peaks Resort and Spa. And then on August 27th, the 29th, we've rented out Pebble Beach, and we will do a two-day conference there uh, and for you know select clients and uh, top-tier institutional investors. You- you said that so casually. Yeah, I, I mean, Bill and I are like, <laughs> yeah. it's not just we're doing Pebble. It's Pebble Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really golf, so I don't care. But uh, it, but there are people that do care. And Needless then, to say, some of us are excited. Yeah, about it. and then yeah. uh, we'll uh, and then we'll follow up with the barbecue again. But there's there's a lot going on. Uh, we would, if you don't know who we are, just reach out. We'll kind of give you the the pitch on the business model, and uh, you know, see how we how, see how we can help you. Go Horns! We're playing Bama this weekend, and. We're, uh, we're scared and very nervous, but uh, yeah. we'll see what we can do. Okay, just, You're just waiting for your new quarterback next year. And yeah, then <laughs> that's right. You'll, you'll, you'll be a lot better. Exactly. All right. All right. All right. Well, we'll hope to do more of these uh, in the coming months. Yeah, so. we'll, we'll talk to everyone soon. Thanks, uh, th- thanks both John and Sean for being yeah, here. Like cool. we're, we're, We are going to do more of these. We're, we're going to make it happen, and uh, we're excited about where DEP is headed, and we'll see where the, the next uh, podcast yeah. takes us. Yes. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you. Thanks.